was it bad? What was it like? Working with him, working with her. You'll hear all the tales you wish you knew. Every aspect of the theater too. Feel your love of Broadway anew. On backstage babble. Hi. This is Charles Kirsch, and welcome to Backstage Babble. Backstage Babble is a podcast interviewing professionals in the theater industry about themselves, their careers, and the people they've worked with along the way. Today, I am so glad to welcome Fiddler Often Doc Samantha Hahn, celebrating the book release of her memoir, On the Roof, a look inside Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. In addition to playing Belka in that Joel Grey-helmed production, Samantha has also appeared as a voice on Nickelodeon's Nella the Princess Night in Manhattan School of Music's virtual Edwin Drood, and had a benefit reading of her play, The Right Way, performed in the fall. And here she is now, Samantha Hahn. Well, I'd love to start by asking you how you came up with the idea for On the Roof. Um, so I was in Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish for um, just a couple of months in the summer, and then they started extending the run for popular demand, and I had to go back to school. Um, well, I, I chose to go back to school because I could either stay at school or continue with the run, so I went back to school. And then they moved uptown to stage 42. And when they were moving uptown, they asked me if I would come back and be in the show. And I was, I was really excited about it and thought that it was something that I couldn't say no to. Um, so I went and a couple months into the run uptown, um, I had this idea of getting um, together some people backstage and interviewing them and making some sort of interview book about you know what happens backstage and what everything is like for all the actors um and i i had a lot of questions for everybody and and i started doing that not really knowing what i was trying to put together and while i was starting it i decided that it would be really cool if it had um my stories too from my audition and everything since it was my first um, big experience in a professional production so I thought that would be really cool to make it into a book with more of a through line like that. Yeah. And how did you eventually get it from this idea into a published book? What was the process like of finding a publisher? Um, I started reaching out to publishers and I, I don't have any sort of book agent. So I was looking for, you know, some sort of smaller publishers that accept submissions from people who don't have a book agent. Yeah. And found a couple of ones that, that looked like really nice ones and I submitted to there um, probably about like five of them and I didn't hear back. I think I heard back from one that was like, sorry, not really interested, but good luck. Um, and then I was looking for more. A couple months later, I was just still looking for more places to submit to and I heard back from one of the first ones I submitted from and, and they said they really liked it and they wanted to work on it with me. Oh, that's great. So going back to the beginning of your acting career, um, how did you first become interested in theater? Um, I've always loved singing since I was really little. I used to sing like the national anthem and I used to be singing like at my desk in school. I would sing to myself and my teachers would complain about it. So 
the first thing was my parents putting me into voice lessons at a place nearby our house called Annie's Playhouse. And I took lessons with Stephen Bednaz, who was amazing. Um, and my, my mom, mom, our grandma, took us to see a lot of Broadway shows as a family. We were a very musical household. So um, once I saw, I think Wicked was the first Broadway show I saw that I was just so blown away by it. And, and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And Obviously. what were some of the most formative early movies in theater that you saw? Oh, yeah, definitely Wicked. Um, Into the Woods has been a huge one. That's my favorite show, and I still watch it all the time. Um, it's it's so inspiring. And um, we used to watch Sound of Music, the, the musical movie, a lot when I was a kid, and my sisters and I would act it out. Um, and pretty much every show we saw on Broadway, me and my sisters would come home and we would act the whole show out. So it was really fun. Yeah. Did you have any particular acting inspirations? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of who they were back then. Um, definitely right now, I just love um, Jesse Mueller, Stephanie J. Block, um, Patty LaPoe. There's so, so many fantastic people, and, and I feel like each show I get to see, I get to be inspired by more people. And, and people that I work with, too, I get to see and be inspired by them, and they become my favorite performers, too. So that's really cool. So how did you begin sort of studying theater? Did, yeah, did you... I started with voice lessons, and um, I also went to, like, day camp and sleepaway camp as a kid, and I would always pick the drama electives and, like, the theater electives. Um, and then I think there was one time in voice lessons where um, the Annie's Playhouse, the studio I went to for voice, does acting and dance class too. And, and there was one time I decided that I wanted to go to their summer theater program. And I started doing that, which had more acting and dance. And then I started taking more classes um, and everything. And um, I think it was clear to both me and my parents that um, musical theater college was the way to go for me too. So how did you ultimately find the college that you wanted to go to? I went to a ton of college auditions. I went to the unified auditions and um, I auditioned for a bunch and I really liked Manhattan School Music the best because um, the person who was the head of the program at the time, Louis Perez, was very um, he was very kind and he was very all about each person being their unique selves, you know, not trying to make a cookie cutter musical theater student and making sure that we knew the most important part of what we doing was um, telling the story that, that, that the person we're portraying is telling. Yeah. So have you had the chance to do a lot of shows so far at Manhattan School of Music? And yeah, I've done a couple. We've done um a lot of showcases and shows i just did the mystery of edwin drood as a as a virtual production which i'm waiting for that to come out which will be really fun and i played deputy um i also we also did smile the musical which is is a really interesting one and i got to play the mean girl in that one um so that was that was really interesting too yeah. So who have been some of your favorite teachers to work with at the, at Manhattan School of Music? Um, Randy Graff is my um, acting for musical theater teacher and she 
she has taught me so much and she's really great at challenging me and um, bringing out all of the different parts of the song and you know making sure everything is new and fresh and filled with wonder um, and um, Robin Morse was also another one of my acting for musical theater teachers and it's so fun working with her because she has a bunch of these like crazy different ideas that she gets you to try that like bring out these whole new sides of things um, and I, I have a bunch of amazing teachers there. Yeah so when did you start sort of professionally auditioning? Um, I think I started professional auditions at the end of high school. I only went in for a couple of auditions. I found one for this, it was this musical production of um, The Nutcracker. So it was like a new musical of The Nutcracker by Nancy Holson and it was directed by Paul and David Regano. Um, and it was, they put music and, and lyrics, sorry, they put lyrics to the like famous Nutcracker music and made it this whole show and it was really fun. And then I started going in for voiceover auditions then too. And that was when I got, um, so those were my two like first professional paid jobs that I got. Yeah, yeah. So when did you have the chance to audition for Fiddler in Yiddish and how did that come about? Um, so Fiddler was when I was in my sophomore year of college and I actually saw a post on Facebook about it is when I got the the knowledge that it was coming to be at all. And I really wanted to audition for it. And I sent an email to the casting director and she was she was so kind and, and generous and replied that I could come and audition and read lines for the youngest daughter. So I was in school at that point. So it was, it was hard to juggle. I was, I was reading my lines and practicing them, you know, on the way to each class. And I was running from the end of my class to go on the subway and then running back just in time for rehearsal, for smile, we did that. So, yeah. Yeah. so what was it like to be in the audition room with Joel Grant? Of course, all of those great people. Yeah, um, they, they're also amazing. And um, Joel was just so nice. It was, it was such a kind energy in the room. And even though I saw like, oh my gosh, it's Joel Gray. And, and that was really intimidating. Um, they, he was smiling the whole time and he was, you know, sitting there and he just seemed very happy to be there. And everyone seemed very happy and just interested. And I felt comfortable enough that um, I could just come in and do the work that I prepared. Yeah. So how many callbacks did you end up doing? Um, I actually only did one call back um, and it was a dance, a group dance callback, and then they pulled us each in individually to do the lines and sing matchmaker again. Um, and there was, I think they did most of the callbacks, like that round of callbacks on the same day. So I could see all like all the other people that were older or going for different parts and everything too. It was really cool. Yeah. So when did you find out that you got it and were you expecting that or did it come as a surprise? It was definitely a big surprise. Um, I forget how long after it was, but maybe like a week or just a few days or something like that. And um, 
I was really trying to put it out of my mind because I knew that it was such um, a, such a great project and I didn't know how well I did at the callback or anything like that. Um, and so I was really just trying not to think about it. And then when I got it, I was just so, so happy and so excited. It was one of those moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like to attend the first day of rehearsals for The first day was, um, it was really cool. And, and I was so nervous. Um, I don't know if I slept at all before that. I was just so excited and nervous about it. I made sure to learn. I learned all of the lines and all of the music memorized and everything before I went in because I wanted to be so prepared. And I got there so early. I was the first one there and I was, I was just like walking around outside trying not to be too early. Um, and then I think, I think the first person I met might've been Rachel Zadkoff who plays Saitel. And I think she, she met me outside and we had, um, a teacher in common and, and she said, you know, she said hi and introduced herself and I think I kind of followed her into the room because I didn't know where to go. And, you know, we were in this rehearsal room and there were snacks and people taking pictures and everything and Joel Gray came in and he gave us each a big hug and um, then we moved to the stage and everyone was so excited about the show and we were, we got to see the costume boards and be on the theater stage and I got to meet people and I started making friends and then we got back to the rehearsal room and did a read through of the show and it was, it was really special. Yeah. So how much of the rehearsal process did you get to do on the actual stage and how much was in a separate room? Um, I think we started mostly in the rehearsal room and then it would go onto the stage and we would start blocking some of the scenes on the stage. Um, but then when we did like the, the whole, like the first time we did the run throughs and stuff, we did that not on the stage until we got into like costume and everything. And, and we started doing full tech runs. Yeah. So what has it been like to be in a rehearsal room with Joel Gray as the director? Um, it's, it's really great. He's very, very kind and he's always, he's always looking out for people. And, you know, he would always um, tell my older show sisters to like watch out for me. And um, he, he would make sure I was paying attention. And, you know, he definitely babied me a little bit like that, but in a very sweet way because I was the youngest one there. Um, and he's very, he's very smart and he knows what he wants to say and, and he knows what, um, he knows how to convey it to you as an actor himself. So it's really coming from that like acting standpoint. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So what were some of the hardest numbers or scenes to stage in the show? Maybe the, um, the, the wedding scene into the pogrom, I would say is, is very difficult because it's a very long scene and, and you're on stage for, for a really a long stretch of time and um, you have to be very engaged with everything that's happening and keep it fresh and, and alive and make it new mm -hmm. um, night. And then, and, it, and it's also this moment where it goes from such joy to such um, 
just such such grief and sadness and um and it's terrifying too so that whole stretch of time is just like one big scene and and there's dancing and singing and everything like that and um yeah i think that i think that's the hardest part in the show for me at least yeah so were there a lot of big changes either to your part or to the show as a whole during rehearsals yeah there's definitely always changes um matchmaker was always changing so that was just a whole roller coaster ride um there were times where it was changing who would be in what numbers like um i was in anatevka and then i was cut from anatevka and i was put back in it and you know the same with matchmaker they weren't sure where they wanted the two youngest daughters all the time so they were just really playing around with what scenes they would have us in so that was that was really cool um i think it was cool that the blocking for some of the scenes like early on seemed to change a lot because joel was kind of letting us as actors lead where we wanted to go and you know and questioning that and making sure that we were making you know strong choices with that but um it was cool that every time we got to do it on our feet it it felt like we were really really doing it for the first time yeah so i want to ask you what was the number that you were most excited to be in um i think i was most excited about matchmaker um and especially because we didn't know if we were going to be in it or not and you know all up until like we were doing tech rehearsal and the dress rehearsal we didn't know if we were gonna get to be in it for the actual show and that song is just it's so much fun and it brings me joy now every time I hear it because I think of my show sisters and I think of us hugging on the stage and laughing and it's the one part in the show where all five of us are really together as sisters before um, the older ones start going off and getting married and having their own lives and yeah, uh, yeah so that's really special. <laughs> So tell me about sort of your process of learning Yiddish. Did you know any of it before you went in or? I didn't really know Yiddish. Um, we had these great recordings of the audition material and of the material when we started learning it from Matil Didner and Zalman Watek. Um, and then and um, Sabina Brunker, our, our Yiddish coach too, we had we had basically we were in rehearsal and then we would have these like Yiddish coachings. So we were basically in Yiddish class along with rehearsal to make sure that we really got all of the pronunciations right and just really knew what we were saying. And I'm kind of like an audio learner. So I feel like I learned a lot of it from just listening to other people and, and listening to the tracks and everything. Yeah. So were you mostly sort of learning it phonetically or learning it? like as a whole language yeah mostly just learning yeah just learning it you know word by word and sentence by sentence yeah. yeah so did you have trouble with it or were other members of the cast had trouble with it or? um i think I, I i had a lot of trouble with the part where you have to roll the r's because i'm not really good at that um, and I did have trouble with some words and it's so hard because if you learn it one way and then you realize it's actually a different way, it's so hard to relearn it. Um, and then it's just hard to, um, yeah, it's just, it's hard to learn. The more words you learn, you know, the harder it gets to keep them all straight, I guess. So 
I had I had less amount of lines than like some other people in the show who had so many lines and I was just so amazed by all of the Yiddish that you were learning. It's like really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So um during the rehearsal process, were you always rehearsing in full Yiddish or did that sort of like go in by steps or Yeah, Joel would actually rehearse us in English and in Yiddish and he would flip-flop back and forth between the two. So he would say, "Run, let's run this scene in English. And then he would say, let's run it in Yiddish. And then he would say, let's run it in English. Um, so it was really, really our brain just in like overdrive trying to put that all together. So what were some of the um, closest friendships that you formed with other members of the cast? Um, so, so many because our cast was really a really close group and we all hung out together a lot of the time and um, everybody was just so kind and supportive and generous. Um, I formed a really special bond with the oldest sister because I was the youngest sister. So the oldest sister, Rachel Zadkoff, who played Seitel, um, we had a very close friend. And the other girl who was like the other little sister with me, the second oldest sister, um, uh, Raquel, who played Sprinza. Um, and Jody, who plays Fruma Sarah, um, we were really close. And then she ended up getting to understudy my role too. So that was that was really cool too. But yeah, everyone is just everyone is so great, and I'm so lucky to have so many lasting friendships with them. You know, all of everybody's really close. Yeah. So I also want to ask you about other friendships among other members of the cast. I know there was even a romance. You talk about that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephanie Lynn Mason and Drew Siegela are the Huddle and the Perchick. And um, Drew came on as the new Perchick um, uh, a little bit into the run downtown. And they, you know, were running lines together and they, they really hit it off. And they're really perfect for each other. So it was so cool to see them, um, you know, they fell in love and, and they're actually engaged now and getting married. So and they're, it's so great. They're so perfect for each other. <laughs> yeah. So what did you sort of think about how the show was initially going to be received? Did you know it was going to be a hit or like it was? I actually had no idea. And it's so funny because I've heard other people get asked that before. And I've never been asked that. And I don't, and you know, other people have said, you know, we just thought it was going to be small and and I don't think I ever really thought about it because I just thought it was so cool. Like, I thought it was so cool that I was in it. I didn't think I really cared who came or, you know, I don't think I even imagined it getting extended at all or, or anything like that because I couldn't really imagine it being any cooler than it already was to me. So I want to ask you what you think the sort of universal power of the show was that it was able to reach and touch so many audiences. Um, I think Fiddler just, it just really speaks to everyone. Um, it's, you know, especially right now, it speaks to, um, you know, the way we have to have love for each other in the world. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people treating each other as less than, which is, you know, how, how all of this history happened. And, um, and, it, and I think the Fiddler, the love stories and the family stories, everyone can relate to that and everyone can relate to feeling you know scared about change and the whole idea of tradition and it changing generation by generation and 
um, you know, your sister's going off and getting married and, and that's, you know, crazy. Um, and your daughter's going and getting married too. And yeah, I think, I think Fiddler's just one of that, one of those shows that, um, brings people together because it's really about that community and loving each other. Yeah. I want to ask you, did you sort of relate a lot to your character or? Yeah, I think I did. It was, it was really, it was cool being the, the youngest in the show and playing the youngest in the show because I felt that connection with the other characters where I was really looking up to them as actors. And then on, I could bring that on stage because I was really looking up to them for what to do and, you know, how I was supposed to react to all of this um, horrible, horrible things that were happening during the show and, and even all the joyful moments looking to them for, for that guidance. So, yeah. Yeah. And outside of that, even with the actors themselves, do you think that you sort of learned a lot from them about acting or other things? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I've learned, I've learned so much from all of them. Um, Rachel Zadkov has been a big mentor to me and, and somebody that I really look up to as a performer and a person. And I, I feel like she's taught me so much um, just from Helen Park, you know. She's one of those inspiring people that, you know, teaches by being. Uh, and Steven Skybell, who played Tevia, he is just a phenomenal actor. And I, I really felt like being on stage with him taught me how to be a better actor. And, you know, working with Joel taught me so much about acting too and and just um and and taking direction and just being professional and, and everything like that I I learned so much from everybody yeah I also want to ask you specifically about working with Jackie Hoffman who of course is so funny in. yes Jackie is so funny she she is just like the lifter of spirits and you know she's just she's always always there with with a joke or you know something that just makes you smile and and she's really kind too um i love telling people that she wrote me a poem card for my birthday because i think that just shows how thoughtful she is and um you know back backstage at the at the opening night downtown she sang a little song about it being my off-broadway debut and um, she's, she's just so great. She's really, um, she, yeah, she's that person who makes everybody smile. Yeah. So were you already keeping a diary during this original run because you described it so vividly in your book, but were you recording it during this time? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always, I wasn't thinking of writing anything about it, but I, I was journaling the experience. So that's, that's how I have such a detailed account. Um, and, you know, I have my pictures and videos and things I took too, but yeah, mostly my journal. I, I, I journal all the time, so I, I kind of just have that in my pocket. So that was really useful. Yeah. yeah. So what was the sort of response from audience or what the audiences or what were some of your sort of favorite moments with the audience? The, the audience interaction was very special because especially downtown at the museum, um, the Museum of Jewish Heritage, there were so many people there who had these connections to Yiddish and these connections to, you know, being this, that there were Holocaust survivors or people whose parents or grandparents were Holocaust survivors and people who really felt the story of Fiddler on a very personal level. 
Um, and a lot of the times they would, they would talk to us about that and we would get the honor of hearing their stories. Um, there was also a time uptown where we got to fill the, the audience with refugees for World Refugee Day. And that was, that was such a moving experience. Um, and, you know, we got to meet some of them too and hear their stories. And then there were people who had never seen Fiddler before and were just, you know, I thought that was so cool because, you know, people who have never seen Fiddler don't even know any Jewish people or anything like that experiencing it is, is really, is really special and cool because it's such a musical that everybody loves. So it's really great. So what was it like to be performing in a smaller space downtown, but also one surrounded by so much heritage? Um, I mean, well, when I was performing downtown, it was the biggest space I had ever performed in. So I didn't really think of it as small until, you know, after we moved uptown and then we came back to it, you know, for, for something else. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really smaller here. But um, we were surrounded by so much history. And um, yeah, I think the size made it really intimate with the audience and, yeah. and being that place made us really, really think of the characters we were playing and how to make sure that we told their story because they're real, they're real people and we're telling these real stories in this very important place. And how much did you sort of get to experience what was in the museum as well? Did you get to sort of look at it a lot? Yeah, we actually got to take a tour as a pass once um, around the whole museum and that was so amazing. Um, and, and, you know, when we were going to rehearsals and, and backstage, we would always walk by, there was always one hallway full of pictures. So we would really always have that by us. But, um, yeah, that day, that day we went on a tour of the whole place was just, it was really, really special. Yeah. So on a sort of lighter note about audiences, I know there were also a lot of stars and celebrities who came to see it. So what were some of your sort of favorite backstage visits? Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg came to the show and that was, that was amazing. And we heard that she was there and at intermission, she went to the bathroom and when she stood up, everyone gave her, you know, a standing ovation of applause. Um, and she came back to meet us and I actually, um, me and Rachel ended up leaving at the same time that she was leaving. Um, so we got in the elevator and we heard, you know, somebody yell, hold the elevator and RBG walked into the elevator with us and we got to ride down with her and um, being, being in her presence was just very, very special. Um, we also, also some of my favorite performers came like um, Patti LuPone and Jesse Mueller. So it was, it was just so exciting, really. Yeah. So I want to ask you if you remember any sort of mishaps that happened on stage from to you or to anyone else? Oh, yes, there's there's always mishaps and and they're very funny. One, one of the funniest ones for me was the in Matchmaker, there was there was a time when we were doing it where we had these like pillowcases and cloths that we were folding and we were supposed to like throw them to each other and, you know, they, they were supposed to throw them and we were going to catch them and put them in the basket. And um, there was one time where I went to go pick up a cloth and the cloth wasn't like where it was supposed to be. And like 
was thinking the whole time through the number, I was like, oh my gosh, where is that pillowcase? I need to put it in the basket. You know, that was my blocking. I had to get the pillowcase and put it in the basket. And I had no idea where it was. And then at the very end of the song, um, when we all go to join hands, um, Stephanie, who was playing Huddle, reached her hand back to me and she had the pillowcase in her hand. And I was just like, oh my gosh, there it is. I was, it was really, really funny to me. I don't think anyone in the audience saw it, but I was just like, so I was laughing so much about that after. Yeah. So I want to ask you also about meeting Sheldon Harnick and Hal Prince and some of the original creators who were. Um, that, that was so cool. Um, they, Sheldon Harnick was at our very first read through to our very first, um, I don't think he was there for the actual read through, but he was there for the first day of rehearsal downtown and we got to sing tradition for him in Yiddish. Um, and, and he was there a few other times. Um, and, and it's just so amazing meeting people who have so much, you know, Broadway history and are like the reason that we're able to do the show and the reason that this show happened in the first place. It's, it was, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah. So I want to ask you at what point you sort of decided to or had to leave the original production? Um, we, when we started extending, we extended maybe two weeks and then I knew that I had to go back to school the next week. So, you know, I asked school if I could, if I could do both at the same time. And they said, no, I can stay for one more week, but then I have to come back to school. And that was when I had to make that decision. Um, I asked a lot of my cast members for advice and a lot of other people in my life for advice. And I decided that I wanted to go back to school. And, you know, I thought that was really important. So I, I stayed for one more week and I got a huge grand goodbye. You know, they lifted me up in the, in the wedding chair and we had, you know, we all went out to eat after and, and it, was, it was very lovely. Yeah. So um, at what point did you sort of get reinvolved with it when it was moving to stage 42? Um, so that was about, um, a couple months later, I got a call from Jamie Beth Margolis, the casting director, um, and I think Chris Massamine, the producer too, and they called me and they, asked, they said the show was transferring to stage 42 and they would like to have me back in it. Um, and I didn't answer right away, you know, they gave me time to think about it, but pretty much on that phone call, I was thinking like, yes, 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 please, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Did it sort of come back to you easily when you were? It, it, I was so nervous about that at first, but it did kind of, it did kind of come back easily. Um, once, once I started saying the words again and doing some of, I think I forgot the dances the most, <laughs> um, but I did, you know, I remembered my blocking for the most part and we changed some things, but it really, it really came back together when we first got back to rehearsal. I was feeling like, okay, like I know this, I can do this. Yeah. So how much sort of re-rehearsal did you have to do in terms of restaging or anything like that? We had, I, I think we had about a week and I think a week, yeah, I think we had a week of rehearsal at, you know, Ripley Greer Studios of us, you know, restaging a couple of things and just going through and 
there were a couple people who had left and were coming back into it. So, you know, integrating us back into the show and working on a few new things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I do want to ask you what it was like to work with the somewhat changed cast of, I know there was a different Golda and you were saying a different Perchick. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really, it was so cool having new people come into the cast because it brings new energy and new ideas um, and, it, and it inspires new things. So I really, I mean, I love, I love every single person who was, you know, ever a part of the cast was just so, um, it was, it, was a, it was a bunch of really special people. So I think we got very lucky in that any person, even the understudies, you know, filling in were just so fantastic that it was, it, it was exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you about your opening nights at Stage 42 and at the museum and what those were like. Uh, at the museum, opening night was really Cool and really exciting because we didn't know what the audience was going to react and after after the first scene we got off stage and we just heard this like thunderous applause and we all stopped in our tracks and looked at each other you know we found each other backstage and looked at each other and were just amazed at the applause and, and we, we kind of knew like okay this is going to be this is really special um to these people and to us and in this is going to be a really good thing. Um, and then at, at stage 42, it was, it was so much excitement and a lot of um, big glamorous things. We got to go to Sardi's after, which was so, so much fun. And, um, you know, I got to have my family there and everything. And, and everybody was just so happy that we had gotten to that point and we were, we didn't know, you know, what was going to come next, but it was, it was just like a celebration of everything that we had done. Yeah. So I want to ask you if you sort of think the energy changed or anything like that changed between the two theaters? Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think maybe it did. I think, um, at the first theater, it was a little more intimate and, and smaller, and it was about the, excitement of you know this being a new thing and, and what we were doing and wow we can't believe we're getting extended and it was just a very wow 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 we can't believe this is happening and then uptown i think it was like it was bigger and and there was more you know glamour i feel like involved in the fact that we were in this like bigger venue that was more near broadway and um you know, that's what it felt like to me, at least. And I felt like it was more of a, wow, I can't believe we got here. And I can't believe we get to still be doing this. You know, we were just so grateful for every night we got to tell the story. It was like, wow. Yeah. So I want to ask you what it's been like to participate in so many of the great events that you've done with the rest of the cast at the Easter Bonnet and the Red Bucket Follies and all those. The events are so fun because, um, you know, we all work together and get to act together, but it, it is always on the same show. So when we get to do something like the Easter Bonnet, where we get to sing different songs and act with each other on, you know, this like comedy and fun, different things like that. It's so cool. Um, and we just always had these amazing people, you know, 
um, Ben Lieber and Adam Shapiro putting our skits together and directing us. And it was, you know, we would rehearse them between shows and between um, rehearsal and shows, um, you know, and then there was stuff like the, we got to do like singing at Barnes and Nobles and signing the CDs and that was, that was so cool. Um, and, and a lot, a lot of different fun events where it was just so great to be together um, outside of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the process of recording the cast album like? Um, the cast album was very, very, very cool because we, we weren't in like these separated sound booths or anything. We were actually all on this one big stage singing together. So it, it was really, it really felt like it was just like our whole family back together. We had people from every version of the run we had done so far. So we had people from everywhere just back together to sing through all the songs and, and it was, it was very, um, uh, full of heart and, and, and very exciting. Yeah. So at what point during this sort of process of the off-Broadway run did the idea for the books sort of start to happen, like with the interviews and everything? Um, it was a, a couple months into the run, um, you know, less, less than halfway through our, our uptown run. And that's when I started interviewing everybody. So where were the interviews sort of conducted? Were they all backstage or were they in different places? Or? Yeah, they were mostly backstage and they were mostly in this like little stairwell backstage um, and in between scenes and at intermission. Some of them were in, you know, at, between shows and just in the theater itself in the house seats. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah. All, all in the theater. We had all the theater around us. So it was really, it was fun. <laughs> so what was something that sort of surprised you the most to learn from a member of the cast? Um, um, well, it was really cool to hear some of the actors' rehearsal stories that I wasn't in rehearsals with for certain scenes. Like I didn't have rehearsal for like scenes that I wasn't in so hearing about you know them their scene work was really cool and um just hearing about how how special and meaningful the show was to every person was really great because um you know you don't you don't really talk about that so much you know that as a group it's such an amazing experience but you don't always get to hear like everyone's personal opinion and feelings about every part of it. So I really felt like I got to know everybody better and got to know more about the show that I was in while I was interviewing them. Yeah. So what were some of the questions that you sort of asked them while you were interviewing them? Um, I tried to ask everybody to tell me a story from being in the show that that really meant something to them or that was funny or something like that. I tried to ask for stories um, and I asked questions like, you know, what was your favorite scene to work on? What was your favorite moment rehearsing with Joel? Um, you know, what is something that inspired you while you were in the show? And I really just wanted to ask, I mean, I had some more specific questions too, but I really wanted to get out of people 
whatever they wanted to say about the show because I wanted each person's part of the book to be whatever really spoke to them about being in the show. So what was sort of your favorite interview or who gave some of the most longest or detailed interviews? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I loved, I just thought of um, Joanne Bortz's interview and she talks about her whole, you know, his, history with Yiddish theater. And that was, that was fascinating. Um, Jackie Hoffman's interview was so surprising and because um, it was really deep and, you know, she's such a funny person. Um, I thought it was so cool hearing Jody Snyder has, has the best audition stories and, you know, that whole thing. And Kayleen Seidel talking about um, her process as an understudy was really fascinating. Um, and yeah, everyone's, everyone's stories were very unique. So everyone's interviews were very fun. Yeah. So were you recording them on tapes or were you recording them as written, as written interviews? Yeah, I recorded them on my cell phone in my little voice memos. And then I would go home at night and I would type it all up. Um, and it was really interesting to see how it's so funny that people don't normally talk in complete sentences. And I didn't know that, but from doing this, I know that. And I try to think about it when I talk, but I usually, I don't remember it. But people don't really talk in full sentences. So um, typing it up was, was very funny and, and piecing it together like that. Yeah. What were some of your favorite stories that didn't end up going in the book? Ooh, well, I, I really wish that um, I could have interviewed more people because there's so many, so many people that go into making the show. The, you know, the casting director and the lighting and the set design and just, you know, the press and everything. And I wish that everybody could have been in there because there was so many fantastic people involved in Fiddler. Um, and then also, I didn't, I wrote, the book ends around our 100th show, um, and we went on to do a lot more shows, and of course there were more fun stories, but I really wish I would have been able to write about the experience of closing the show, because that was, um, yeah, that's a, it's a really um, crazy thing to close a show. Yeah, and I do want to ask you about your experience with the closing item. Yeah. It was really, it was bittersweet. Um, I thought that it, it felt to me like such a celebration of everything we had done and um, coming to a close and being able to acknowledge that all of that just happened and being able to look ahead with so much wonder at, you know, what's gonna happen next in all of our lives, you know, together and individually um, was, was really exciting to me, but it was also those feelings of, you know, loss and feeling you're going to miss people, people being worried about what they're going to do next and if they're going to get a job. But um, yeah, to me, it, it just felt like a, a big celebration and, um, you know, a big, a big hug goodbye to our special show and looking forward with, um, you know, high hopes. Yeah. So I don't want to ask you to spoil I'm anything, sorry. but had there ever been talk of another run after your somewhere on Broadway or just somewhere else? Yeah, um, we were, we are, were supposed to go on, a, go on a national tour and possibly some international stops. 
and everyone is still really hopeful that that's going to happen. You know, with the pandemic, it's so hard to say when that will ever be possible, but we still, we still feel like the show has more life to it. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> so going back to the book, how did you sort of manage to take these interviews and like make them into a cohesive story? I, I typed them up and then I tried to push them into complete sentences. And um, sometimes I did some rearranging and um, editing some words to make it um, flow better and, and just make it seem like one cohesive thought, um, which, you know, people were very, very articulate and very smart in their interview. So it, it wasn't it wasn't super challenging work. And then I gave it back to the actors as one, you know, long page of, of their interview. And I just had them go over it and edit it and make sure that it was really what they wanted to say. Yeah. So what has the experience been like of releasing a book during quarantine? Um, it's been interesting. It's definitely, it's definitely a joy and a blessing because everybody's reading right now. And, and it's really, it's really happy to have that little piece of theater and those memories when it's something that we can't do right now. Um, but it's also hard because, you know, of course I dreamed about us all being together when it got released and, you know, celebrating that with the cast because um, their stories are what make it so special. And that's why the book is so special to me because it has words from all of my amazing castmates in it. So I do wish that I can be able to celebrate that with them more in person in the future. Yeah. I do want to ask you about interviewing Joel Gray and Zalman Lotek because they were both sort of more on the directing side. So what did you sort of learn about their process that you hadn't known before? Not about working on before I even knew that this was going to be um, a production, you know, how they thought of doing Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish and how, you know, what their worries and concerns were, were and what they expected from it. Um, how they got the cast together with Jamie Beth Margolis, our amazing casting director, and how they how they started having a vision for it and started putting it together before we even were in the picture at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see that perspective of things. Yeah. So how have other sort of cast members and people you've interviewed reacted to reading the book? I've, I've gotten some great reactions and some, you know, I love the fact that some people tell me that, oh my gosh, I just read this person's story and I didn't even know that happened. And that to me is so fun. Um, or people reading about other people's audition stories and being like, wow, I can't believe that's how that went. And, you know, comparing audition stories and, um, you know, the craziness of it. And um, just, I, I love it when people, some, you know, I've gotten some messages that were like, oh my gosh, I just read this person's chapter and it made me cry. Or this person said something so nice about me in this, you know, um, because yeah, it, it's, it's nice because you don't always get to talk about those things. And so when it comes out in this setting and then you're reading it, it's really exciting. Yeah. So I want to ask you about one more project that you did, which is your virtual play that you've done during quarantine the right way. So how did you sort of come up with the idea for this? Um, 
I was really missing doing theater um, in, I think it was in the, in the spring, you know, just when the pandemic started. And I had this crazy idea that I could write a piece of theater that hopefully I could get some of my fiddler friends and some of my friends from school and, and everyone to come together and do. Um, and I, I had never written a play before. And I didn't know if I was going to be any good at writing a play because it's it's like a whole nother thing to tackle. You know, you can't write descriptive language. You have to write in just speech and what characters are saying. So it's really a whole different kind of writing. Um, but I was so excited that it came together and it got accepted into this wonderful festival. And so I got to actually invite people to come um, do the reading of it and and they were just so fantastic in it <laughs> yeah so what were the sort of challenges and also the benefits of putting it together in a zoom format it was challenging because it was a lot of roles I was taking on of kind of you know casting it and trying to direct it but also it being my writing and um, trying to make it a collaborative process, but make sure that everything was running smoothly. Um, so that was that was the challenging part of it. And but the not challenging part of it was that I thought it was going to be hard for the actors not really knowing each other to meet each other on Zoom and do this you know play that they've never experienced before. But they were all they they all met each other on Zoom with such openness and were so generous with each other and able to act so well across the Zoom. And it really just shows me that we we really can do theater um, in any format. I mean, I can't wait until the theaters reopen because there's nothing like live theater, but we really, we really can do anything. Yeah. So where can we see it if we can still see the production? Oh, you, you can't actually still see it. Um, it was a one night, you know, live play reading, but you know, hopefully something will happen with it in the future. Um, and we raised a lot of money for the theater, which was really great, um, the Ryan Theater. So that was, it was, it was such a, it was a fun night. Yeah. So the last question I want to ask you is, what are some of the things you would like to be doing after quarantine? What is um, I would like to hug my friends. I would like to see a Broadway show. I would like to be in a Broadway show. You know, I'm always auditioning and I hope to do more live theater and be on Broadway. And even I, I do a lot of voiceover auditions still. Um, so I hope to do more voiceover shows and um, try TV, film and anything acting wise. Um, but is definitely hugging everybody I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank Listeners, you. thank you for tuning in. And remember to come back next time when I'm joined by actor, director, and author Martin Milnes. Zuleika Books recently published his new memoir, Wild Card, How I Learned to Be a Friend, Have a Friend, and Finally Love My Birthday. This book also explores his friendships with many older legends, such as Elizabeth Seal, Maggie Rennie, Jean Bayliss, and more. As part of the popular musical theater duo Ferris and Mil 
films called The Most Exciting Musical Theater Double Act to Be Discovered in Years by a London magazine. Martin has performed at West End Live at a Sondheim celebration alongside Maria Friedman, Kim Criswell, and more, and at many other venues in England and America. He appeared in Perchance to Dream, Little Shop of Horrors, and more on the West End. He was the director of the highly acclaimed revival of Gilbert and Sullivan's The Grand Duke, and the star of the readings of Michael Colby and Joe Intracasso's Dangerous, alongside Leslie Margarita and more. I hope you'll enjoy that episode, and thanks again for listening.